Welcome, listeners, to the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Irene Roussel. Listeners, I'm super excited for this episode because I know there is so many golden nuggets which will be dropped, which is going to help you. It's going to give you the dose of inspiration you need to take action to get started in your Canadian side hustle business. Wherever you are tuning in from, welcome. Be sure to follow us at www.ireneroussel.org to stay up to date with our podcast news and our blog. Today, I'm pleased to interview the dynamic Emiliano Introcaso. I'm beaming him in all the way from Toronto, Canada. Emiliano has over two decades of experience working with Canadian manufacturers and exporters looking to increase their global growth by providing them with support and guidance in all things export. Emiliano is an international business advisor at Export Development Canada, a crown agency of the Government of Canada. He is also very much an entrepreneur and has several side hustles, including being a landlord, being a teacher, he's teaching international business and supply chain programs, at Seneca College. He's also a tax assistant or preparer during the tax season. He has helped many tax clients, close friends and family members to budget and figure out their personal finances so they can be financially independent and live a life where after organizing their finances, they can be less worried about money and can concentrate on the important things in life. He has so many interests and wears so many hats that you are going to find this conversation very fascinating. As we head into this episode, I hope that you pull out what you need, the golden nuggets which will inspire you to take action in your entrepreneurial journey. You will see as you listen to this episode that curiosity was the main driver for Emiliano when he started his Canadian side hustle business and then continues to grow. Now let's get into this episode. Now my guest today is the dynamic Emilio Introcaso. Bimin in all the way from Toronto, Canada. Welcome, Emiliano. Hi, thank you, Rina, for having me. I am so excited to have you on because I know that you are going to drop some big gems for our listeners, given your background. I'm glad. I'm glad to have uh, and be able to share with you guys today. So tell us a little bit about you, Emiliano. How did you become the man that you are today? Well, I was born in Argentina. Uh, My parents were Italian. They came when they were very, very young. And so I don't speak Italian. I speak Spanish. That's why you hear my accent. And I worked with them from a very young age. I think it was when I was seven or eight that I started working with my parents. Uh, they had a, an actual Photoshop where, you know, we sell cameras and develop film. And, um, you know, we, we help customers with their questions in, in regards to how to load the films. I don't know if you remember the old films where you had to put them in, in the camera and, and you know, move them around a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dating myself so much now, but um, yeah. So then uh, we did that and that was our family business. And because I lived in a town that was mostly, uh, you know, it, it was more like a touristic town. Um, every every summer I would work, um, you know, for at least three or four months with them as I was on, on holidays from school. And then obviously during the regular school time, you know, we were at home and it was just my dad that would go to the store and, and just serve the customers. It was, it was not as busy, right? But um, I remember sometimes nights 
where we will finish like at 2 a.m. in the morning uh, because people were looking for the pictures, right? And they want to develop the pictures. And it used to take about two or two hours, I think, from like the moment they dropped the, the film until it was developed and, and ready for pickup. So sometimes we had to wait until that time to, to be able to, to leave and then go to eat at that time. And then the next day, you know, kind of like 9 a.m., 10 a.m., you will go back to the store and then start it all over again. So yeah, I, I've been working quite a bit from, from a young age. And um, when I um, it was time for me to leave the country, I decided to, to choose Canada as my home. And I've been here for 23 years now. Uh, I have my wife and my two kids. My wife is from a different country. So she's from Colombia. And the kids were born here in Canada. So I have to say that, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm ambitious, <laughs> as you were asking me, but I guess there was some sort of ambition in there where, you know, when you're working as a young person, you know, you want to have, you know, you want to buy your own things, you want to buy uh, maybe something for, for your loved ones. And then eventually when I chose to come to Canada, maybe there was some sort of ambition there as well to grow more uh, in this country. And right now, I think I I achieve a lot of my ambitions. I don't know if I'm still very ambitious, but uh, I think it's uh, something that kind of changes throughout the years. I think you are still absolutely ambitious. Oh my goodness. I know that you've started, you know, your side hustles and you've done, you know, quite a bit. So tell us a little bit about why you started your side hustle. So um, in terms of uh, the side hustle, I would say um, it, it kind of happened because uh, I was working at a regular job like nine to five and um, at some point during the you know the times where the economy will go down uh, I was let go and I decided to kind of see what else I could do uh, with my life at that time and I got into teaching um, part-time teaching and at the college and um, because I have done that, I, I thought, well, this is kind of nice because I get to share my experience. I get to take different courses. I get to teach different courses. Um, and then I get to interact with a lot of different people. So I, I think I consider that my main hassle uh, because I still do it. Uh, even though I'm working full time right now, I'm still doing it. Um, I actually, it's probably the 10th year now that I've been doing it. So it's been <laughs> quite a long time now that I think about it. Um, and, and yes, it's, it's a great uh, way to, you know, grow uh, professionally, uh, and also help others grow in the industry as well. Um, and then another thing that I like doing as my side hustle throughout like tax season is, uh, you know, uh, do people's taxes. Uh, I got into that because I wanted to understand uh, really well the tax system in Canada. And um, I wanted to make sure that uh, I was able to explain it to other people as well. Um, and so I do that as well. I do that just during the tax season. And then because of uh, my money, money management skills, I guess, I didn't get really trained on that, but I am really good at it. I usually help uh, some of those clients and um, that uh, that they have questions about you know tax planning and uh, financial planning and even sometimes personal finance. So I help uh, you know some of those clients, my family, my friends, my close friends, obviously, uh, and I provide them with some advice in terms of you know becoming better at managing their money because I think that's one of the skills that you know we should be taught at school and we are not so. Um, you know, bringing all my life experience and my, my different times when I was working and when I was not working, when I was working part-time, when I was working, um, you know, volunteering, all of that, I think it helps me be a, a better person that knowledge with them. That's absolutely amazing that you've made so many, you know, pivots within your side hustle and you know you are still doing it um you know you're doing the teaching you're doing the taxes you're advising you know on money management that is so fantastic so i will say to first see what kind of work you like doing where if you are not paid you will still enjoy it 
So that's my main advice to anybody that is asking, like, if I want to start a business, what should I do? I always ask them, like, look at yourself in terms of what would you like to do for the rest of your life that you will actually enjoy and see if you can obviously monetize that in a way that uh, allows you to survive, obviously, and pay your bills and obviously grow. Because at the end of the day, if you're you know building a business, you also want the business to grow. So I think we'll say, I will say, like, look at what potential skills you have look at uh how you could um use those skills for the better right and and for you know hopefully helping others uh because i, I you know you're not you don't just want to do your business to help yourself you, you know the business should also help some other people so that it's more meaningful as well and obviously if you can make it uh, make money even better because that's the cherry on top right Absolutely, you know, and then you talked about, you know, you're advising, you know, some of your friends as it relates to money management. How important is it, you know, to have that discipline from an early age? Well, you know, if you're money, uh, if, if you're not good with money um, and, um, and you're not able to advance in your life, Sometimes that comes from the from a young age, right? So if if you are able to let's say teach someone from an early age as to how to be with money and how to understand the value of money, that is probably gonna transfer into their later on years as well. So, but if let's say you are already in your later on years and you're still not good at it because you were never taught, then it's good to seek help. There are different ways to learn about money. Um, you, you know, the, the thing is that it takes time and commitment. So, you know, money management is kind of like a diet. You know, you can have the, the diet that tells you do this, do that, and do this thing next. And if you don't do that, you'll never lose the weight or you'll never get healthy, let's say. So it's the same thing with money. It's, it's, it's just a matter of like being consistent and being able to, um, to manage it properly and track it properly. And for me, it's not so much about how much money you make because you can be a millionaire and you can be really, really bad with money. Um, I've seen that with people. You can have very little money, but if you know exactly how to use it, you probably are better off than that millionaire. So it's really, it's really about looking at, um, at money in a, with a different set of eyes, um, understanding that obviously, yes, money is important to pay bills and to, you know, have the life you want to have uh it's not obviously the main reason for living but um unfortunately i would say it's a it's a need that everybody you know and in a society let's say like canada you need to have some money to do some things obviously um and and money is also you know how you uh you are compensated for doing work so um you know if you are able to to really use the money that you get in the most most efficient way possible, that is gonna make it last a little bit longer and you don't necessarily have to go and work, you know, many hassles, um, right? Or maybe you can do a hustle that doesn't really involve money that just helps you help other people. And that's a good thing too, right? So if you're able to have a job that maintains your bills and your lifestyle, and then you're looking to maybe have a hassle just to help people, I think that's also a valid way to to potential start a business or potentially just keep it as a hustle and just volunteer your time. That's some absolutely great, you know, nuggets here. You know, I love that you say it's all about the lens in which, you know, you're looking at money and you talk about the importance of being able to track the money, money coming in, money going out. You know, do you have some examples of some tools that, you know, my listeners could possibly look into when it comes to tracking money? I mean, there's many, many ways and people, you know, some people will use a spreadsheet, some people will use a pen and paper, some people will use the, you know, the bank, sometimes the bank provides you with a tool to track your money. Um, I think that, you know, there's not like a one solution fits all. It really depends on how you are best with learning uh, and tracking. So there might be some people that maybe writing it down 
you know, as easily as I went to the shopping, uh, the grocery store, and I spent like $300, let's say, is as easy as, as doing that. So maybe you have a, a little book, uh, the day you get paid, you know, you write up, you know, paycheck, and then as you're spending or as your bills comes due, you, you know, you write it down and you subtract it. So it's very simple. It's not a, a you know, a rocket science, but at the same time, if you're not tracking it, that's when the problems start. So, you know, it's very easy with in Canada to get a credit card and to go and spend uh, for the sake of spending. And, and then the shock comes in after, you know, the bill comes back from, from the credit card company and they tell you, okay, you own this much, which is fine. If you have enough money to pay it, that's okay. I mean, you could basically spend the money whatever, however you want. The key here is not to spend more than what you make. So um, tracking it makes it more tangible for me. I think that it makes it very easy to, um, to see uh, what comes in, what comes out. And, you know, believe it or not, I mean, all companies, like any business, right, does this. They track it all the time to see if they're growing or not, to see if they're spending in the right places. Um, so if businesses do it, why couldn't a family do it, right? Why couldn't an individual do it themselves? So it's not a concept that, you know, is easily achievable, I think. Like people didn't learn this early enough. And so, um, you know, it, it's a little bit difficult sometimes to change that mindset. Um, but I always say companies do it. Companies budget. Why don't you budget, <laughs> right? That's the only way that a company grows, by really looking at their budget, making sure that if they don't have the money to spend this month, they'll wait until the next month. Or yes. they'll budget properly for maybe the, the next quarter, right? So yeah, I absolutely agree with you on all that. You know, all very good points. You know, the importance of the family, the individual. You know, keeping track of their funds. And to you, my listeners, you know, um, earlier I had Jennifer Ledger Ledger on. You know, who has the Cuba app which is, you know, very good for tracking money and also helping with savings. So definitely um, check out the earlier episode with uh, Jennifer Leger. Now back to you, Emiliano. You know, you talked about, you know, being a teacher and doing that as a side hustle. How have this, you know, really enriched your life since you started it? Because you've been in it for 10 years. So for me, what it allowed me to do was a uh, couple of things. Because I still work in the industry, it allows me to still be connected with other companies or other people that are working for other companies and listen to their struggles. Um, but it also allows me to share the struggles that I gone through when I was, let's say, uh, working for the manufacturer where I was doing a lot of the logistics side of things, right? So I teach international business. I teach also supply chain management and all those things I've done for many, many years prior to teaching. So I had a lot of knowledge that uh, when I went to into the teaching career, it was very important. When you teach at the college level, uh, you know, having a degree is great. Uh, having a master's is great as well, but having the experience, it kind of trumps uh, the rest of your education because the students that go to college, especially the students that go to study part-time, like I did myself, were there to learn the skill so that we can apply it right away to our regular jobs, right? So that's yeah. what I did when I decided to go back to school at that time. I love and it. The Yes, <laughs> I, I love what you're saying, you know, experience trumps everything, right? That is such a great nugget that I just had to come in here to say that. And I know that, you know, as a career professional, right, that you have that experience and let's let's bring that in, you know, let our listeners know more about what you do in your day job. Yeah, so my regular job, uh, office job, I would call it, not, not so much office right now, but more like a home office, I uh, deal with um, companies that they bring in their struggles. Uh, a lot of them are com uh, com customers of Export Development Canada, which is the organization I work for. 
and I'm an international business advisor. So I help them, um, you know, build their expert plans. I help them answer the questions they may have in regards to trade. I also help them to organize themselves when it comes to supply chain management, for example, that's one of my fortes there. And because I've been teaching for so many years and I also experienced, you know, being an exporter myself at some point, I have that great experience to bring back to them. So I'm able to really see what kind of problems they might be facing. Sometimes they're not facing it right away, but I could foresee the coming. So I advise them uh, ahead of time. And, um, you know, with, with all the teaching and, and being able to share with students different scenarios, different cases and all that, I think it had helped me become a better advisor myself um, with these companies. So that's sort of what I do, you know, normally from like the regular times, right? Nine to five, I'll do that. And then uh, on Monday nights is the day that I teach at, uh, at the college here in Toronto. Um, and then, yes, during tax season, I am doing taxes for people as well. So, um, you know, sometimes I like the fact that I'm able to do different things because it kind of gives me a little bit of variety in my regular life. Um, and I get to meet a lot of different people, uh, through teaching. I made a lot of connections. I made a lot of networks. Um, I am able to also advise to some students if this is the right career for them. I tell them about how, you know, being a supply chain person or an international business professional, how it is on a daily basis is not something that is the same thing every day because there's problems every day. And as much as you read the book and the book tells you that if you do this, it's going to be very smoothly. The reality is that it's not. Uh, and it's always, an, you're always on your toes, basically, in this, in this um, career because you're really looking for or fixing problems or, you know, strategizing on how to enter a market, for example, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can totally see that. And I, I love that you say, you know, you're, you know, being involved with all of these different facets, right. Your, you know, your eight to five, and then, you know, your Monday evening, um, teaching session and then working with folks during tax season, you know, give this giving you the variety in your life. You know, so many of us out there are multi-passionate, right? We are interested in so many different things. And I love it. You know, you're giving back, you're mentoring your students and providing them with a career development advice, real world experience, which they will benefit from so much because then they will have the real reality of what what it is it like you know to be in an international business advisor right a supply chain person because it's so important for you know students getting out of college or university knowing practically what to expect within that day job right right yeah, and, and a great thing about, you know, being able to help companies on a daily basis is it actually gives me a lot of examples uh, that I could use on my own classes. And so, you know, I was able to, let's say the other day, help a company uh, organize the shipments. And so when I was teaching them about the customs documentation for, for, logist for a logistics course, I was able to show them this is why I did it this way. Because even in the past experience, I've done it that way and it worked. So um, it, it really allows me to see what's going on in the industry from the client side. And it also allows me to see what goes on the, in the industry also from the student's side and their questions. Because they always have questions that um, sometimes you're not expecting, right? Because I mean, you know, I don't know it all, even though I've been in the business for so many years, there's still, <laughs> every day I learn something new. So. Um, yeah. I love learning something new every day. That's like the best part of my job, I think. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that I can, you know, answer questions or if I don't know the answer, I can research the question as well. Yes. Um, it allows me to grow professionally even better. That is absolutely wonderful. You know, the, the sharing of those examples, obviously, um, obviously all confidential, right? Because we are not allowed to share which companies we deal with, 
but the variety of companies gives me all that um, the, the, the different examples that I can share in regards to the industry, the type of products companies sell, uh, even sometimes from province to province, companies are, um, you know, working in different industries too. So uh, it really put me in a good place to really learn all the different government programs that are available for companies. And sometimes I can even tell my own students, look, if you're in this business, like you should be looking at this type of grants that the government is providing, right? So, um, you know, all, all with the, I guess all with the uh, spirit of ensuring that if they're working for a company, that they are um, bringing the knowledge but also making that company grow. Because no matter what, when a company is hiring a student or hiring a person, they're investing on you so that you can make them better. Um, it's not just that they're hiring you to pay you a salary and you work. You know, They also expect some other skills from you and other maybe advices that you can bring to that company to make them grow even, even more. Absolutely amazing, that's awesome. So Emiliano, right now, you know, we are living in our new supernormal, it's pandemic times, you know, companies have been pivoting, you know, to catch up digitally, right, especially the bricks and mortar company, you know, what sort of advice do you have for companies who are heading into the digital space, whether that's brick or mortar? or companies who have online businesses and are exporting their digital products? So there's two questions in there. Yes, yes, I got those. And um, what I will say, Arena, is that uh, the companies that are potentially exporting services or digital products, they have to be very familiar with the different, um, there's a lot of different data privacy laws around the world. Um, and knowing those uh, laws specifically on those markets that they're trying to operate or sell those specific services or products, it's important. Um, there's a lot of companies that um, you know, decided to build software, for example, or provide services that um, normally would have been done you know, in that market. Um, and, and they can sell, they can sell products, right? The internet is sort of like your main store now. Um, and being able to localize those type of services, those type of digital products are, um, are a good way for companies to expand globally. Um, but they also should know that, you know, if you're, if you're, let's say, offering a potential service or product that it's, um, you know, very Canadianized or a very Canadian type of service or product, doesn't mean that it's necessarily transferable to another market, right? You have to always... Um, localize it properly. So as an example, like let's say your your podcast, right? Like it's, uh, if, if, if those who speak English, you know, there's a lot of markets out there that will be able to listen to it. And I'm sure that you get a lot of listeners from different parts of the world. But if you were to say, what about like going into Latin America, right? Unless you don't translate it in Spanish, which, you know, is not only the only thing you will have to do in order to localize your, your podcast, it's, um, it's important that you understand like that particular market you're getting into. So even within Latin America, there's different markets or sub-markets, right? Uh, Brazil will be in Portuguese. So if you're trying to go to Latin America by just translating in Spanish, you would not be even to be able to get to Brazil because it's such a huge market, but you know, they will really like the podcast probably to be in Portuguese as well. So I, I have seen a lot of the digital services that, um, you know, you might not be able to localize it properly. There could be a language barrier or maybe a cultural aspect. Um, and sometimes it could be also the lack of technology or infrastructure, right? So if you are, let's say, trying to provide a, a service where it's like very heavy on, like, let's say you need like high-speed internet to access it. There are a lot of part of the world where that service, you will not be able to deliver it there because they don't have that infrastructure. Even within Canada, sometimes we have some issues with the internet, right, in the rural areas or remote areas. So um, I think that Canadian companies, sometimes they are facing those challenges, um, but if they do their research properly, they understand where they are getting into, where they're gonna be expanding to, 
they could potentially be um, very well equipped to enter those markets. Thank you for that, uh, Emiliano. Those are some uh, great examples, you know. And of course, for the brick and mortar company who have been pivoting digitally, you know, in order to respond, what advice do you have for those companies who are trying to digitize themselves? So I know that a lot of companies were probably thinking about you know, becoming a, a digital product or having an e-commerce, let's say, uh, website to be able to sell their services or products. And so I think, you know, with the pandemic, it sort of accelerated that mentality and that adoption to, to go into a digital platform. So if they haven't done it, my advice will be, okay, take a look at what you have and see how you can pivot your product because not all the products will be able to be pivoted, right? Um, I had one, one client that his uh, main product is tea. And, um, you know, tea, you have to go to the store. But when there were all these uh, specific, um, you know, uh, lockdowns happening, he had to look at how else could he deliver the tea in a meaningful way so that um, his business could continue to thrive. So one of the things he did was to um, implement this uh, tea tasting and tea brewing classes. So what he would do is he will ship the tea, the different teas that he had to um, provide for that uh, particular tasting and uh, set up a Zoom meeting like, uh, you know, like any other, uh, any other video conference um, tool and then basically coming to their homes digitally. So there was still a con the concept of the actual product, right? That, you know, people had to receive. And then the, um, the, the learning or the delivery of this service was done through a video conference tool. And, um, you know, he'll provide the specifics on how to brew the tea, like what temperature they needed to be. Uh, how do you pair it with different, like, cookies and different taste, uh, you know, tasties uh, that, that you will be able to, to make. So it was a great way to pivot his business. And as, you know, he, he, says he has an actual store, but it's still not open. So at least he was able to survive with this um, uh, service. Uh, he was also able to put this service uh, for corporate um, adoption as well. So companies, you know, they wanted to do some, uh, you know, Sometimes they want to do uh, specific uh, gatherings for their employees. And because everything is virtual right now, they kind of had to think outside of the box. So I think he was able to leverage the fact that he pivoted his business and also match it with corporate uh, you know, activities that now are very much needed because employees have been working from home for so long. So sometimes you also have to be very creative in the way you think about your business. And, and I'm sure that you know, there is a way to, to pivot any business probably. Um, I don't want to say 100% for sure, but uh, I feel like if people put like their minds into overdrive, they're able to come up with something or sometimes even maybe switch business temporarily as That's well. Because they have a, right? They have a client, they have the client, they have like people that know them, they probably know their their products quality, right? So they probably are more willing to go with you even if you're doing something else and something different just for the time being. That's absolutely um, amazing. I love that example you brought in, you know, of the tea company. Um, I love how, you know, they were, they were innovative, right? And it was also very simple and even found another way to make money, which is really cool. And I feel like that, that change, um, you know, that you implement during COVID doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go away when we go back to normal, because now you have a different income stream, right? So he, you know, he created his own side hustle at the same time <laughs> of building or rebuilding his business. So I feel like it's a, it, he's not the only example I have. There's a lot of other people or other companies that have done similar things. Um, especially anything that is edible, you know, that people will be able to uh, receive at home by delivery, which is allowed, right? Even though we're in lockdown, 
they're still allowed to receive deliveries. So this is one of the ways that companies might be able to do. I know a lot of the boutiques like that sell clothing and all that, what they will do is they will do a personal shopping experience where they will bring you in virtually into the store. They'll show you the different um, pieces, right, of, of clothing. They will help you match them properly. And then, you know, with the measuring, obviously you have to measure yourself during the, the session. They will be able to say, okay, so this is the size that you need to receive and then process the payments, ship the products to the, to the person. And then that, that potential customer ended up coming to your store virtually but, you know, receive the products, you know, physically uh, by mail. So that's, there's, there's a lot of examples like that, that companies have been able to adopt. A lot of the restaurants that never did deliveries, they decided to adopt the apps, right? The uh, delivery apps that are out there um, to make sure that they are part of that, you know, bandwagon of people ordering in and having deliveries to their homes and, and being able to get paid right electronically as well. So there's a lot of components. I think there's a lot of technology that was able to help these businesses a lot, but then there's still that human touch that everybody's sort of missing, right? So um, by you know you doing a personal shopping um, session, let's say with someone, even though it's technologically technologically uh, heavy, right? Because it's all online you yes. still have, have that person that can actually give you the advice and, and say, you know what, like, you know, some customers have been matching this with that because of that, right? Amazing, absolutely amazing, you know, and um, Emiliano, you know, we're, we're gonna move out from, from this question and uh, head over to, you know, with the onset of, you know, the vaccines coming, you know, what are you most excited about for 2021? So for me, I think that um, I want to really see what's happening after, you know, things get to back to normal. So 2021, 2022 are going to be very good for, um, you know, for everybody. Uh, you know, you're, I personally want to see the business recover. I want to see how they're going to be thriving again through the economy. I, I believe that right now we're very close to surpassing the different growth that we were seeing before the Canadian business, uh, you know, prior to the, the pandemic, right? Like how they were growing in the economy. So I think that personally, I think that we're going to be very busy for a, a few years because there's a lot of money that people have not spent. And if you're in a business, you know, one of the things you want to need or you're going to need to do is attract those customers back to you so that they can start spending those dollars in your business as well. So um, I am very excited about seeing how, you know, the vaccines and, 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 and the slow of, of, uh, of the economy gets to recover and it changes our lives back to normal. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, with that, what does the future of work look like for you personally? Uh, for myself, I, I believe that I will still continue to be serving clients and the, my students as well. That's sort of what my plate looks like now and how it's been for a number of years. So I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to continue. Um, and my own, you know, my own main skill of life, I think, is customer service. So I still understand that human touch that a lot of uh, clients or students or like any human being needs on a daily basis. So that interaction uh, is still gonna be there for sure. Um, and I think I, you know, there has been a lot of digital uh, you know, or technology that is being used uh, in different processes and in different services. Um, and as much as people like technology, which I am a fan of for sure, I think also having that person that, you know, could actually guide you, could actually provide you advice, could actually give you that, um, you know, that work experience maybe transferred to you, that's only can be done with humans. It's, you know, you cannot read it in a book. Um, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I think that academically you need to have in your own, um, you know, skill set, but also you need to have that human um, skill, right? Like what do you call them? Um, transferable skills, but yeah, 
Yeah, having soft skills, having soft soft skills, skills. exactly. You know, (laughs) providing that human touch. I think we all miss that right now. Um, You know, being in this um, pandemic for you know a year now, right? So, all looking forward to greater times. So during this time you know what have you been doing for self-care to put a pep in your step and a pride in your stride when you wake up every day emiliano Uh, my own self-care routine i guess is uh always uh take a shower in the morning i always take my coffee i try to make sure that i keep myself uh in check mentally um I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I don't go crazy <laughs> in these times. Uh, it, it could be very easily like, you know, being that routine that, that you're working and you're constantly doing work. So I force myself to get out of the office. I sometimes go for a walk in the middle of the day. Um, I make sure that I book my sessions with my psychologist as well. Uh, what else do I do? Um, I try to watch not not to watch too many news anymore because uh, I feel like that was something that it was constant negativity about the pandemic and all that. And I think that affects you quite easily. So those those are some of my own things that I do normally just to make sure that I keep myself in check. That is awesome. And we all know that music changes our physiology, our energy, our vibe. What do you have, you know, on your audio player? That's your go-to song. Oh my God, I have so many. I I am a big fan of the 80s and the 90s. Uh, I know a lot of people are fine of the 70s, but I'm kind of fine of the 80s and the 90s because it's where like, uh, you know. Me too, me too. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of really good music. Then you came with the CDs, right? Uh, I think yeah. it was between the 80s and the 90s. And I remember using, you know, buying some new CDs at that time. So I like Michael Jackson. I like, yeah. uh, in the 90s, I liked what, I don't know, so many different songs. And I mean, I remember I'm from different culture too, right? So I have a lot of those songs from the Spanish side of myself. How about Ricky I Martin? I love Ricky oh. Martin. <laughs> yeah, there are some songs there that, you know, you can, shake it to your body right <laughs> so yeah so what's your go-to song man my go-to song which one would it be i don't know i would say uh there's a lot of like romantic songs that take from the bastard voice so i think that those songs i guess were late 90s those are sort of in there as well. And the funny thing is my kids love 80s and 90s too, for some reason. So that's why I'm thinking I'm listening to that a lot nowadays. They like, they like Guns N' Roses. They like, um, well, all sort of Michael Jackson. They, they like a lot of those songs too, which is really nice in a family, you know, that, you know, we, I'm almost like what, 30 years older than them. So, uh, you know, being able to share that music in the car, for example, is, is great. No, the 80s and the 90s, they never grow old, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. My kids enjoy it as well. So that's awesome. So in terms of, you know, leadership books or business books, what would you recommend to our listeners, you know, and why? One of the ones that we, uh, we are asked to read um, when you're an advisor or, or you know, you want to make sure that you can be trusted. And there's a, a book called The Trusted Advisor by David Meister. Um, that's a really, really good book for business. Um, and I feel like anybody in business should be, you know, should read that book, even if you're not an advisor, because you'll be able to, um, to learn different tricks and to learn how to make sure that the, the information you're providing to someone is, um, is accurate and it can be trusted. Because, I mean, that's one skill that you want to make sure that you have with your clients, right? They got to trust you. Um, and then the other book, uh, I guess for life, my one of the books that I really, really like was The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, he's a, a, a Brazilian writer. Uh, and that book is, is quite, a, quite a book. I think people should read it. Or if you don't like reading it, you know, get an audio book uh, and listen to it. It's really, really good. Lots of life lessons in that book. 
All right, awesome. So right now during pandemic times, you know, people are cooking up a storm in their kitchen. Emiliano, what's sizzling in your pot right now? So one of my favorite foods and actually happens to be my kids too, is we, uh, we love pasta, but we make it from scratch. So with my Italian roots, I think uh, I'm always loving looking to make gnocchi, which is uh, like, they're like dumplings that you boil and then, you know, you eat them with a really good sauce and they're very easy to make. So, um, you know, from time to time, we've done it a few times. It's just, it makes a mess <laughs> in the kitchen, right? Because there's a lot of flour and everything, but uh, yeah. it's good, it's, it's, it's good. And it, it takes a process, right? Like, you know, once you build, uh, you, you make it, you have to cut them. And, and you have to separate them, make sure that they're not sticking together. And then once they're a little bit dry, then you, that's when you boil them. But uh, yeah, we like making pasta uh, whenever we can and, and making it from scratch is like, you know, has a better taste for sure. Yeah, I, I love it. Sounds delicious. And also, you know, it's an opportunity for the family to interact with each other and connect as well. Wow. You know, yes. if, if this is not a close family recipe, would you mind sharing it with our listeners? Of course, it's very easy. All right, awesome. Well, send that over to me. I'll make sure my listeners get it. All right. Awesome. So we're just about that time in the interview, Emiliano, because we've talked about a lot of things throughout this episode, you know, and right now, if there is one last thing you want our listeners to take away from our entire discussion, what would it be? From our discussion, I think it would be good to remind yourselves that you know, nobody's perfect, <laughs> um, that, um, you know, changes could be good for you. Um, if you'll have a business that has been suffering, you know, through this pandemic, to think about other ways to pivot your business, um, to know that, you know, we're almost at the end of the tunnel. And so the light, we can already see the light. Um, and to make sure that, you know, be prepared for the next time that this may happen and I know that that's a very uh, way, broad statement to say but as we said at the beginning right like if you are able to manage your money your money properly and have let's say a stash of money saved then it makes it easier when you have to go through these type of times where you know things can get a little bit crazy in your economy and that kind of brings you know back that uh, that lesson at the beginning of the podcast, right? To make sure that you manage your money properly so that maybe when this type of storms come in, you are a little bit more prepared. So ideally, if you can have at least three or four months of savings for at least the basics, that makes a difference. Um, I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, you know, some of my family and friends, they, they did lost their jobs, but they were already equipped. So they wouldn't really stressed out when you know they couldn't go to work and and they couldn't make that extra money, so um, it, it, they they thanked me. I, I didn't want them to thank me because you know I when I was giving them the advice, I was just giving the advice that I learned from somebody else. So um, ideally, what I wanted was to to make sure that they were okay, um, and many of them were very much you know safe. In terms of that, they were able to, you know, get some of the government benefits that were available at that time, but they didn't go into like a lot of debt or, you know, sometimes they were able to keep some of those savings too, because they didn't, you know, they were already frugal, right? So a lot of people I know that, you know, when they went into the pandemic, they basically stopped purchasing stuff that they didn't need, uh, you know, because people were not going to restaurants so much, you know, they save a lot of money there as well. So they were able to buy in bulk because they were only go to the stores maybe once or twice a month so they were able to meal plan which is also a way to to save money they, they did a bunch of things that sometimes maybe normally they would have done um but uh you know because of those changes you know a lot of people had to readapt to to the way of living all right. Well, thank you so much, Emiliano. There's lots of wisdom in there, lots of golden nuggets throughout this episode, listeners. So you definitely want to listen to it and take another listen, you know. 
Thank you so much, Emiliano, for coming on, for taking the time to do this interview with me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Irina. Thank you for having me and great to have uh, been able to share with, uh, with the listeners today. That's a wrap for this episode. Listeners, if you love this episode, take a couple minutes to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or head over to Spotify and hit that notification button if you have not done so already, because I do not want you to miss on any of our episodes because they're so fantastic. Also, If you're listening on an Alexa, you can definitely find us on Amazon. Yeah, we love all our Avid fans and most definitely want you to know first when new episodes become available. Also, it would help us so much if you rate and review the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast by heading over to Apple Podcasts and writing us some review. Show us some pod love. Listeners, if you love hearing my voice, I have big news. I highly recommend that you head over to my new project, the Techno Starter Podcast, and hit that follow button on Apple and or Google Podcasts or that notification button on Spotify. This podcast is absolutely free. I'm the host and the producer with first episodes dropping the first week of April. All information on the Techno Startup Podcast can be found at www.ireneroussel.org. This new podcast was inspired by my current volunteer work in my neck of the woods. Currently, I'm volunteering with Technovation New Brunswick as a business instructor slash mentor, as well the Women Tech Makers Group powered by Google. This past winter, I had the experience of working very closely with women who were building great technologies, as well as young girls who were building apps and also putting together fantastic business plans. It occurred to me that, you know, we need more amazing stories of these individuals who are building great technologies for the human race, but not only women and young girls, we must include our young boys, hence the Techno Startup Podcast. So definitely the allies and supporters who are cheering them on throughout their amazing adventures, I'm going to be interviewing them as well because they too have a fantastic story to tell. So head over to the Techno Startup Podcast, add it, another super cool podcast, to your amazing list of podcasts. Listeners, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You make this all worth it. I hope you find your new vibes in 2021. I'm your host, Irina Roussel.